Yeah, um, I I almost wonder if going from four events to three events has kind of helped with that because there's all of a sudden a sudden urgency of okay, we're going from one twenty five to seventy, and I mean we've seen seventy to thirty before, but it's almost you know you don't get to take the event off, or it's it's really hard to. Whereas before you could take one of the first two events off and still be okay, and then even even with the strokes added at, at East Lake, I think that adds a nice little touch to things too. But um. You know, this first playoff event, probably one of the stronger fields we have all year. Like, most of the top players in the world are playing it because they're qualified. And, you know, it leads to some fun pricing. Like, there's some players who are in decent form that are in the sevens and the sixes that we're probably been used to paying the eights for recently. Yeah, I, I think there's a few stories that came out of this, but, you know, one, Tom Kim, I mean, Matt, okay, prior to this week, nobody who had made triple bogey or worse on their first hole ever won a tournament. He makes quad, and he ends up winning by, what, three? I saw that. I started laughing like, oh man, that would be, yeah. So, but man, he's only 20 years old too. Like he, 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 he'd gotten a little bit of a buzz coming from the Asian tour where I believe he'd won a couple times. And, but just to have this mentality to overcome a quad early on, I mean, we saw him in 23rd at the U S open third at Genesis at the Scottish seventh at rocket mortgage. And then he comes here and just, I mean, he shoots 67 with a quad with an eight, and he wins by three, or he wins by, oh, he won by five. Oh, jeez. I mean, that is amazing. And then there's a whole FedEx Cup playoff drama because of this, because with him winning, he, he has special temporary membership. He already has card for next year. The only way he makes the playoffs is if he wins. He wins. He bumps Matt Wallace from 125 and bumps everybody else down a spot as far as 150, 175, 200 for conditional status, things like that. And who's who's 125? Ricky. Like, yeah. And this is after what I found really fascinating Friday night to Saturday was Austin Smotherman, who had like a 12-foot birdie putt on his 17th hole. I think it was 8 or 9, I forget. Where if he make because the cut was there was sixty was sixty six players at one under if he makes that if he if he goes minus one in the final two holes he moves a cut to minus two which in DFS would have been a disaster for a lot of people and he was number one 
And then he bogeys, he doubles 18 to miss the cut, so it stays at minus one. And the poor guy was 125 coming into the week in the FedEx Cup, so he, so he loses his, you know, he loses his tour card, or he's in the, he, he'll get limited starts unless he wins it in the Corn Ferry Finals, but man, that's just the heartbreak of the week. Yeah. Yeah, this is weird because it was a regular event, then it became a WGC for three years, and now it's the first playoff event, and I think they were here for a while. I don't think this one's rotating like they have in the past. So, as you said, par 70, 70 I think it's like 7,300 yards now. Um, so, lots of par 4s. Uh, six of the par 4s are 450 to 500. One's 500 plus. Four of them are 400, 450. A lot of water on this course. Um, you and I probably remember this a little bit from um, the PlayStation golf game that we played. This was one of the courses on that. Right. Um, my most memorable memory of this was Dustin Johnson holding out for Eagle on 18 to win by like five or six a few years ago. He was just dominant and... and holes out from the fairway on 18 just to put the exclamation mark on. But, um, yeah, so this is a weird one, like, for tournament history because the past three years has been no cuts. Prior to that, it was the week before the U.S. Open, so it didn't draw the strongest field. It's a weird one to try to figure out who exactly has the best uh, history. I didn't update it on our file. Sorry, James. Um, if we look over the past five years, total strokes gained top ten in strokes game, Thomas, Hideki, Rory, Webb, Ricky, Jason Day, Cantlay, Cam Smith, Spieth, and Rom. So, again, a lot of that is WGC-influenced. Um, let's see, Thomas won in 20. Oh, wait, never mind. I'm sorry. They're still showing this as including Firestones. Like, I don't remember Hideki winning here. I don't remember JT winning twice here. JT won in 20. Answer won last year. Brooks won in 19. I forget who else has won when it was the regular version. DJ did. I think Reby contended. So it's a weird one if you're looking up at history. Make sure you get Southwind knots. You know, the Firestones aren't mixed in. So, of course, history this week is a little confusing to find. But um, this is the last cut event, two of the year. Still top 65 in ties make the weekend, which if it's like last week. I don't know if we want another 88-person field making the cuts. So, like, I saw some people say, bring back the MDF on Saturday, which would have turned into Sunday morning because they got rain delayed then, too. But, um, so, yeah, but, you know, pretty strong field. Usually we don't see any any deep bombs win a playoff event. Like, once in a while it happens, but usually it's some of your bigger names. And that doesn't mean that there aren't some value plays in the sevens and the sixes that you can at least look at to round out lineups. But um, pretty deep field, and 
you're probably able to go in whatever direction that you want to go with here. So I think ball striking, I mean, approach kept popping up as the big thing, but that's most weeks. Good drives, just make sure that you avoid the water because there is enough water to kind of cause some issues. I'm going to look at opportunities gain. These greens are pretty small and they're pretty easy to hit, so that helps. Let's definitely look at the par fours, especially from 450 to 500. Proximity ranges, mainly 150 to 175. I'll look at the 25 yards before and after that as well. And I'm going to look at bogey avoidance too, just because there's enough water that's, you know, anytime there's water involved, you can uh, you can make a disaster real quick. Like, this feels almost like a little bit of a mix, you know, easier than, or easier than Honda, but a little, but not as easy as uh, 3M. That also has, you know, those are two courses that come to mind that have a ton of water. Ready to get into the field, I think so. Um, 100, well, before we do, I guess there's a couple things we got to throw out here. It's a 122-person field. Tommy Fleetwood, Daniel Berger, and Lonzo Griffin are not playing. This will, Daniel Berger will not, he, he's in the 73rd place, I think, or 75th, so he will not move on to the BMW next week. Lonzo, I, I don't even know what scenario, because he's like 68th right now, so I don't know what scenario would, get him to next week when he's not playing Tommy. I think he's through next week. I don't know whether he plays or not. And then just because this is golf in 2022, we have a live potential here. Um, I believe 10 or 11 of the, of the live golfers have filed for a temporary restraining order to allow them to play this event. No judgment as of Monday night has, has come out at least not none that I've seen. I'm assuming at this point there's not going to be an emergency stay, but we did see that, I believe, for the uh, Scottish Open that uh, Poulter and uh, Brendan Grace and I think a couple others were able to, you know, they, they won their TRO and were able to play for that event. So if that happens, there might be some late additions. Like I think Gooch, Answer, Swafford, Matt Jones would all, I think they all qualify on points. And that would be an interesting scenario. Um, I guess I'll cross that bridge when it comes, but from a DFS perspective, that could potentially lead to some very low-owned um, plays. I'm also assuming that they would get the uh, very early tee times or the very late tee times. I also tend to think, and I don't know if the PGA Tour would do it. I don't know what their plan is. I'm sure they've thought this through in case it happens. I'm assuming that the Live guys would have their own separate leaderboard where, like, yes, if they still have enough points after this to qualify for the BMW, they would go until, of course, decide otherwise. But I don't, you know, I don't think all of a sudden, like, you know, Taylor Gooch and Hudson Swafford were definitely within the top 70 having won. I don't see, and I think Matt Jones maybe won somewhere too. Like, I don't see them all of a sudden, you know, getting to, you know, they're they're strictly taking 70. I think the PGA Tour would take the 70 still, the top 70 on tour, and then anybody of the live golfers who are still, who would still qualify, and if courts are still saying that they can play, would allow them to. So we might see more than 122 this week. We might see more than 70 next week. Uh, just depends on the courts right now. Yep. 
I'm gonna go Justin Thomas. Um, he's he, he won here two years ago. If we're, if we're turning this into a pro a ball striking contest, J J two is among the best. And I mean, obviously everybody in this tier certainly fits that. But over the past thirty six rounds, he's second in my model, sixth in ball striking, third in opportunities gained, ninth in that key par four range from four fifty to five hundred, seventh in birdies, fifth in that proximity from one fifty to one seventy five. Like. The only thing that is a little bit of weakness is he's not great with good drives, meaning he misses the fairway, or when he does miss the fairway, he doesn't hit the green. But, you know, he he's he's won Honda. Yeah, he won Honda. Um, Obviously, he hasn't played 3M, so I don't think the water's going to bother him. And 10-2 feels a little cheap on JT. I know he hadn't been in the best of form the last couple times we've seen him. 53rd of the Open missed a Genesis 37 the U.S. Open, but... He can kind of turn around a bad streak real quick, and we haven't seen him since the Open. I'm sure he's worked on some things. At you know, having grown up in Kentucky, Tennessee is kind of a similar climate, so I don't think that'll bother him. Ten two, I think, is a really nice uh, salary on him. Yeah, he certainly rates up really well in the long-term models. Maybe not, shockingly, not that great in the short-term models, but that's because I don't think we had full stats for the Genesis and full stats for the Open. So, But um, but over 36 rounds, he, I mean, he's top 10 in a bunch of categories for me. All the ball striking, all the opportunities, all the birdies and bogey avoidance, not nice combination. So, no, he does make a lot of sense. I mean, I have stars next to Rory and Cam Smith. I mean, I got Cam Smith at twenty to one earlier this morning, and he's already down to eighteen. Like that, I just saw. I saw Cam Smith at twenty. And said, okay, that's just no, not today. I mean, Rom's at twenty, but you know, I could see him potentially dropping a little bit too, which is crazy. And I think that'll be an automatic bet. But my my second one's Sky Scheffler. Like, this has been the year of Scheffler. He's still playing fine. Like. You know, he's not on the crazy winning streak that we've seen. I mean, his putter's kind of gone a little cold. But 21st of the Open, he missed a Genesis. But 13th of Travelers, 2nd of the U.S. Open, 18th of Canadi RBC Canadian, 2nd of Schwab after missing the PGA. Like, he's still playing well. His irons are on fire still. He's gained on approach on irons. So you'd have to go back to the players last time he didn't. Off the tee's been good. Around the green's been, been good. Not that that's a real concern here. Putter... But he's, yeah, he's lost a stroke here or there, but I'm not overly concerned. Still rates out solidly, even the birdies and bogey avoidance. Good par four player, just does everything pretty solid. And 10-8, um, I think people probably gravitate towards Rory a little bit more. So maybe you get a slight ownership discount on Scheffler, but hard to ignore him at this after the year he's had.
No. I would still take Thomas because he's one here. He's got a little better track record here, and I still think he's still the better player than Cantley. But all that being said, I can't, I can't argue with you. I mean, when I look at all my finals, Cantley is top ten in everything. Twenty-four rounds or shorter, and even in the longer-term models, he rates out perfectly fine. Thirty-second um, over thirty-six rounds, but I know he had a little bit of a bad stretch in there. Good birdie or better maker, um, and defending Fast Cup champ. So. I have no problem with it. I'm not going there myself. I just can't play everybody, but I don't hate the play. It's probably Xander. Um, and it's not a real strong fade. It's just, he's a third, he has the third highest salary here. I like Smith better. I like JT better. I like Rob at the discount better. And it almost feels like, you know, we saw the run of Xander and, it's, you know, he's due for a little bit of a cool off. Not saying that, you know, he's going to be bad here, but I just, I think that's the one I'm going to kind of take a stand on is Xander. Yeah. Yeah, and again, I might just put a bet on him just because, oh, hey, he's 20 to 1, like, or 22 to 1 if he gets to that point. Like, okay, this is just auto betting. Hey, I don't have to, you know, if he, if he still struggles, okay, I don't have to worry about it, but maybe I get a nice little sweat out of him. Yep. Oh, I like this 9K range. Um, it's probably hard to ignore Finau after what he did at 3M and Rocket Mortgage. I mean, but even with those, I mean, he's still, over 36 rounds, he's number one in my model, and he's number one in ball striking, par fours, par four, 450 to 500, and bogey avoidance and proximity from 175 to 200. He's still top 10 in approach, good drives, and birdies are better. Like, He's just, I mean, I realize some of that's probably the past two tournaments, and he doesn't have a great history here. Um, nothing great the past three years at WGC, but, you know, it's almost like he got kickstarted when he won the Northern Trusts at this time last year, the first event of the playoffs. So, it's going to be an interesting game theory play here, because he's going to be extremely popular at 9,700, but boy... You know, is 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 his run over like we saw Xander at the open, or is it still is it still going? Yeah. 
Yeah. Um, my second favorite. Now, this is an interesting discussion here. Because um, when I look at popularity here, that's based on, I mean, it could be one, one of these players could be three times as popular as the other one. And they're college teammates. Like, Zalatoris versus Cam Young. I think everybody's going to default to Zalatoris. You know, this seems like a really good tournament for him. Anytime, you know, minus 12 potential winning score. He does kind of seem to play well in those tougher courses. Putting can kind of get a little hidden here with these smaller greens. But Cam Young's right there, too. And there's not a ton of difference between them. As I, you know, They both are right out really well over 36 rounds. Let's see. Yeah, the uh, Zalator's a little bit better longer term. Well, I guess all all across models versus Cam Young, but if we factor in Zalator's being around twenty percent potentially uh, owned versus versus Cam Young ten percent, so like I think that's an interesting game theory discussion to have. And there's not a ton of difference. Like this seems to suit Cam Young as well. I mean, we've seen him pop up at majors. This is another big event, so. I like those two. I probably will only play one, and I'm kind of leaning Cam Young just from a game theory perspective. Yep. See, he is actually the lowest of this tier right now. Actually, well, well, okay. There's so there's a couple of different metrics. I think okay. There's a there's a clear bottom. Oh boy, I can only say that. He's he'll probably be. I don't know. Like it looks like Finau and Zalatoris are gonna soak it all up, and everybody else kind of playable. Like. He could be the same boat as Hovland. Could be the same boat as, you know, Cam Young. I don't know. It's Monday night, so it's hard to kind of get a real good idea what it's going to be like. But he's not going to be super popular. And, I mean, I don't know how many, how much the casual players are going to play because we know they'll play him. But, you know, last time we saw stats, you know, last two times we've had stats, he lost strokes and approached at Memorial and Travelers. We don't have him for the U.S. Open, the Scottish Open, or the Open. So I don't know what he did there. Scramble, you know, around the green putting, not that important here or not as important as it is other events. So that's, you know, tends to be a speed strength or at least around the green is. I'm not playing him. I don't have anything against him. Just there's other guys I like. Well, it's going to be speed for that reason. Fitzpatrick actually has a good history here. And if this is going to turn into a ball striker's paradise where you don't have to worry about chipping, uh, Hovland showed some life at the open, and this would be another one that would strongly suit his game. Okay. 
first of all, I don't remember ever seeing this where there's nobody at 89 or 80, 100. That's really strange. Like, it's almost like DraftKings is trying something here and they're making a definitive standpoint here. Again, maybe this is just principle alone, but Morikawa, 8,700. Like, despite his struggles over past 36 rounds, he's still top 20 in approach, opportunities gained, ball striking. He's second not key proximity range from 150 to 175. Again, if we're talking pure ball striking, that's Morikawa's game. His approach has been fine. It's been his putter that's kind of let him down throughout the year. I know he missed at the Open. He missed at the Scottish Open. He was fifth at the U.S. Open, and I can, like, feel like that might have been a variant very putting week, but if the putter isn't going to be as key here as maybe some other tournaments, E700 for Morikawa, he, I mean, I know the form isn't there, but the talent and pure ball striker course, it's going to be hard for me to kind of look the other way on him. All right. Yeah. I mean, I like hearing this. He's part of my of our season long team. Like I, I get to start with Billy Horschel, Cam Young, and Victor Hovland. So I mean, I'm. Yes, especially when I've lost, especially when my, uh, oh, Sam Burns, I also get to play him as well. So it's, that's my first four. Makes up for the third or fourth round pick of Louie, who is uh, living it up overseas. I know you do. No, you don't. Um, Over 36 rounds, Horschel, sixth in par fours, and at 450 to 500, and eighth overall in par fours. He's another one that just stats sometimes can be a little misleading, like, he doesn't need to be in terribly great form to pop up and win. And this does seem like a course Horschel would succeed at. And again, we've seen him win a FedEx Cup get, get hot before, so I have no issue with it. I don't know if I have a real definitive two here. I mean, I'll re root for Sam Burns, but Shane Lowry keeps popping on the numbers, but he had a horrible weekend at Wyndham. I don't know. I don't And that could be, yes. I, You know, that that is probably pretty fair to consider. Has he played here? 23rd and 6th the past two years, so not a bad past couple years. Over 36 rounds, 2nd in approach, 2nd in the par 4 from 450 to 500. 4th in bogey avoidance, 6th in good drives, ninth in the proximity from 170 to 200. He's top half in everything that you want to look at, 11th ball striking. e 300 is a good price on Lowry. Um... He's in consideration, but it's just my strategy might be just avoid, you know, play Morikawa and avoid the rest of the eights.
Oh, uh, nothing. I mean, ever since, you know, what what did he miss? He missed, like, the... Did he miss the PGA? And it, it seemed like it took him a little bit, um, but no... So he missed the PGA, yeah, because it was either he had COVID or was a close contact with somebody back in South Korea, and I think there were some restrictions. Um, no, he rates out pretty well over you know short shorter term models his last twenty four rounds or and shorter. So, but just no solid all around. My only knock on him is I think he's gonna be the most popular in this AK tier. I'm thinking Hideki. Like, what is going on with Hideki? Is he going to live? Was he truly hurt when he withdrew at 3M after a horrible first round? Like, I don't know. He just doesn't seem to be peak Hideki. And I'd like to see a little bit of form for Hideki coming in because then that's when he catches fire. I don't see it right now. I'm passing. There's Again, I'd rather play Lowry for 100 less or just completely skip the tier. And he was it this year? Did he win? Yeah, he won it this year. Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, I like Neiman. He just, yeah, hasn't, after that, he just hasn't done enough. Like, it's still there. I mean, good memorial, but just hasn't really, he has solid, like, he doesn't have any, he's got a couple, you know, not great finishes at the majors, but outside of that, I mean, he's solid, but just not real exciting right now. Yes, I agree. Well, I'm trying to think that, you know, if we're thinking minus 12 is a potential winning score, or kind of maybe in the low teens, I keep saying 12 because it's kind of in the middle. Who has won some tournaments at some pretty good courses where that's a winning score? It's Max Home at 7,900. Now, his past three years has not been good here. 51st, 52nd, 61st. So, Southwind has not been his uh, jam. In recent form, eh, not the best. 36 rounds, though, really good putting, really good at that proximity from 150 to 175, and those par fours from 450 to 500. This feels like it would be a course that would set up well for me. He's 24th at the Rocket Mortgage, misses the Open, 60th at the Scottish, 5th at Memorial, one Wells Fargo, and that was another tough course at Avenal Farm. Like, stat-wise, he's not really popping, but it just kind of feels like it's a decent fit for him. 
7900, that the tournament history does concern me that something just doesn't seem, might be off with him, but he's not getting a ton of attention, so I'm I'm fine with that. Home at, at you know, potential single digits of popularity. I think everybody else is too, yeah. I mean, obviously there's a reason that he's going to be very popular. He's number one in approach over the past 36 rounds, number one from 125 to 150, fifth in opportunities gained. It's just a putter, but hey, this is not a course that seems like putter is a is a deal breaker, so you know, you, some of your weaker putters maybe aren't as affected as much, so no, I, I have a star by him as well. Yep, he's, he's the other real popular one. There's one more. There's one more guy down low that's getting some attention. So we'll see if he can hit the trifecta. Uh, I mean, Henley and Stars or Henley and Stars. Henley and Connors are the only two I have. Um, Aaron Wise has good rankings, but uh, I don't know. I have interest, maybe if I need somebody here and I'm just like, I'm not playing Henley or Connors, I need a pivot that he I can go to him, but he's not on my initial looking to play list. Yeah, irons are good, um... Putter's kind of been okay. Off the tee has been really good. Um, yeah, this is a nice run for him. I mean, I mean, yeah, that's amazing. 13th of the players. He's off for injury for four months. Comes back 13th at Barbasol. Second at Rocket Mortars. 13th at Wyndham. Apparently, that's 13. Um, yeah, that. I mean, that's a heck of a run. 16th at Farmers. Like fifth at Bermuda. He's had some nice finishes. Like, good for him. Like that, I mean, that's how you respond to injury. Yeah. Um, I mentioned him earlier, the, I think he's got an okay little history here. Ches Reevy. I mean, he won Barracuda. I think he has, let me see, I think he had a little finish here. Yeah, he was 6 two years ago, 27 three years ago, so... In a short sample size of two, you know, twice he has a couple of good finishes here. Um, good, you know, he's gonna, he'll be good with good drives. Good proximity from 135 to 200 would not have necessarily guessed that for Ches Reevy, but he's one of these playing well, rates out pretty well across shorter term models. 7100, good ending point, or certainly allows you to pay up for some more up top if you want to.
Correct. Correct. Nicely done. <laughs> A rube? A rube? So, um, the first class that I was their sponsor for, where I'm at teaching, they graduated in 2015. To this day, they still call me Rube. It's just because uh, there was a former student who, not in their class, would always try to butcher my name and call me Rubinson. So they, uh, they just started calling me Rube, and to this day, they still do. So, oh, man, there you go. Country Bumpkin, yeah, Skeeter, yeah. No, sounds good to me. Um, I'm not. I'm not gonna fact check you on that one. I'm gonna keep going to JT Poston as well. Seventy three hundred. Good par four player. Good birdie player. Um, you know, always have to look after my John Deere guys. Um, missed the open, but eleventh at three M, twenty first at Wyndham. Like he, he never really. He was always kind of hanging around the, the second page of the leaderboard. Never really. Got any further, but was was pretty solid at seventy three hundred. I don't mind him. Cam Davis rates out really well across shorter term models. Um, even thirty six rounds, he rates he rates out really good in ball striking approach. Maybe not good drives. Not not the best part four player at this range, but he was another one that caught my attention. And then seven K, Brendan Steele. Again, if we're looking at ball strikers and putting, might not. Uh, Matter too much. Brendan Steele, who I also think has had success at Honda, and missed a three. He had a bad three M. He, he in two rounds at three M, he lost six strokes putting after missing six strokes at Travelers. So those are the guys I have interest in. If he can't, I mean, I know he withdrew because he didn't want to come back on, you know, after a rain delay, but. If he he wasn't gonna make that cut anyway, and his favorite course, that's enough pause concern for me. Yeah, but if he can't do it at the window, not really. Um. Christmas Aiden Hout looks a little overpriced at 7500 Like, what has he done recently outside of, again, second to John Deere? 16th of the Scottish, 68th of the Open, 47th of the Wyndham. Like, he's making cuts, but just not, I mean, a little too putter-reliant for me, and this is not a course where I think yet. Your, your irons have to pop up, and it's not his strength, so not something I'm terribly interested in. Oh. And a course where ball striking is important and putting might not matter? Oh. I don't know. It's funny how you would think somebody fits, but for whatever reason, it just doesn't suit their eye, or something just doesn't uh, 
Something just doesn't fit in her world. Jason Day? You mean like Jason Day? I think, I think he was okay last week. Maybe oh, oh no, he was another withdrawal, I think, because of weather. And Kisner, like, there, like the withdrawal list through the weather was like, oh, this is actually some legit golfers. Oh. Yeah. I mean, Siwoo did that yesterday with an illness. I forget. I don't know what point of the round he uh, called it a day, but um, yeah, yeah. Siwoo's been known to pull that one before. Yep. Okay, recency bias because, well, he helped me hit my first pre-tournament bet in <clears throat> forever with a top 10. Um, I was kind of hoping, I mean, after he started minus four through six holes, like, come on, he has a chance, but of course, kept losing ground to Tom Kim, who was on fire. Uh, Taylor Moore at 6,800. This is a pure recent form type of play, but 24th at Deer, 24th at Barbasol, 6th at Rocket Mortgage, 5th at Wyndham. Like, his irons are there. His off-the-tee game has been good. His putter has been decent. Um, all around, he's just playing really well right now. Like, back-to-back -to -back top 10s? I mean, I know this is a little bit of a different field than Rocket Mortgage and Wyndham as far as quality, but I'll take, I'll take a chance on somebody riding some form at 6,800. Irons have been an issue for Brennan Todd. Um, he did gain last week for the first time in three tournaments, so that's good. But, yeah, he's been very putter-reliant, which is not a big shock. This also feels just a tad too long. Like, there's a couple like there's a couple of names. Like, it's funny when you start looking at the names, like, how in the world did they get in? Like, Matt Kuchar, but I think he had a really good fall swing. What did Mark Leishman do? What am I missing? I know, but what am I missing? 14th at the U.S. Open, 15th at Genesis, 16th at Farmer, 10th at Tournament Champions. Okay. Oh, yeah, and he was a uh, third and fourth to start the fall swing. Fourth and fourth and third strikers. Okay. That's why it's like, oh, yeah, it's funny when you look like, how did they get in? You're like, oh, yeah, it was early on. Well, you just like the Leishman Locker. Oh, yeah. So, so, so that fits with Louie and HV3, who I think also like to do that, too. Yeah. 
don't think it's what any of my students say, but that doesn't necessarily mean anything. Um, that could be, yes, yes. That's a good point. Um, I think the guy that you mentioned was, like, top 20 in the FedEx Cup, who you've been taking, and I was, like, shocked he was there. Tom Hoagie at 6,800, I mean... He had that huge stretch. He won Pebble Beach. Okay. Then I think he kind of hit, yeah, he had a lull, and then out of nowhere, he was fourth in the 3M, where he gained 10 shots on approach, like, ninth of the PGA. So he's kind of, I mean, he's been very hit or miss recently. In fact, a lot more misses than hits. Right, and, and you know, this was the event last year in the Northern Trust that kind of, kind of, Came out a little bit. Uh, number one over 36 rounds in this range from 175 to 200. 11th from 150 to 175. 10th opportunities gained. I think this accounts probably his really good performances. I'm assuming over shorter term models, he is not good. Actually, no, he's second over. He, he's second 18th. Like, he actually rates out even in shorter term models. Like, not bad for the price point at 6,800. So, I have a little interest in Hoagie. Um, anybody else before I throw you my $6,400 dart? Yeah, he's. Now, granted, that was that was very putter reliant, which has been odd for him. His irons have been pretty good, and he's had an off week with the irons. But yeah, he's been he's been riding some form. Yeah, I think I remember I played him a few years ago. He made a hole in one, and that was back when. I mean, it's still a nice hole-in-one bonus on DraftKings, but it was a little higher back then, and that really boosted me to a nice cash. Yep. I mean, the only other guy, maybe 6,700 coming off the second last week, John Ha. Like, he had a stretch, was it May or June? No, it was June, yeah. He had a little stretch here with the Schwab, the Canadian Travelers, three top 25s, and kind of went cold through... The July swing, but then kind of popped back up last week. Good irons. The putter finally was working for him. You know, if you want to write a form, I don't hate that. Who's your $6,400 guy? Because I don't see Charlie. I don't see Jim Herman. So, no, unfortunately. Oh, Ricky. Well, Rick, well Ricky's there, so. I mean, he was eighth at Rocket Mortgage, but then missed horribly at <laughs> Wyndham. He's just, he is very inconsistent, but if you get him right, he'll pay off. But boy, it's, uh, you'll pull Let me just pull this up for him, too. So, he, let's see, eighth at Rocket Mortgage certainly would help. 23rd at the Masters, 27th at Valspar. 16th at Pebble, 34th at Farmers, 25th at Amex, 7th at Bermuda. I don't know if that's a, I forget if that's a full field event anymore or not. 16th at RSM. So he's got some decent, he's got a few top 25s in there and then with the win that, you know, okay, I can, I can see that. Chesson Hadley is 6,400. Um, this is probably much more of another just kind of recent form play, but if we want to go back about six weeks, 5th at the Travelers, 10th at John Deere, okay. 60 of the Barbasol, yeah. 
10th at 3M, missed at Rocket Mortgage, 8th at Wyndham. His irons are kind of all over the place. He's not getting off the tee. He's been pretty putter-reliant, so that is a little concerning. But, again, at 6,400, I'm not sure you're going to get everything you want. I'll write a guy who has, what, four top 10s in his last six starts. I don't know if he's done anything here recently. I mean, he wouldn't have played WGCs, no. So I'd have to go back a little bit into the actual FedEx St. Jude, but he's been playing, you know, the forms there for 6,400. I don't mind taking a flyer on him. I don't think so either. I do too. Uh-oh. Yeah, I think I, I think I used him. Um, I will go six K. And again, how in the world did this guy get in the, get in? Uh, Nick Watney. That's true. Second at Sanderson Farms, he has a thirtieth. He has a couple 30ths, a 20th API, which was boosted points, so I'm assuming that's how he got in, but yeah, it's just, you know, outside of 30th of Rocket Mortgage, the other, the last time he made a cut prior to that was the players were 66, so kind of a rough stretch for old Nick, but hey, he's in the playoffs, he's got a chance, so good for him. That's right. I mean, hey, I said, hey, the Cardinal... Yeah, the Cardinals can win a World Series with 83 wins. I mean, hey, all you all you have to do is get in. Nobody cares how you know what what you did is if you get in, you have a chance. Yes. I mean, hey, I I live in an area that has a bunch of Cardinal fans and they kind of forget about my White Sox, but you know, that's beside the point. Okay. Oof, 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 boy, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yes, because uh, the aforementioned Rose, had, not, not Vampire, uh, had a rough Sunday. Yeah, not, not, yeah, and, and, the, and the sad thing is I don't think that was the worst thing he did on Sunday either, so, or was the worst thing he said on Sunday, so we'll just leave it at that. I mean, I used Billy Horschel. He was okay, but didn't do anything great for me. Well, this is true. This is true. Um, basically, for me, it's coming down to Cam Young and Victor Hovland. They're the two best players I have left. Um, right now, I have Cam Young. I think I might want to try to really be contrarian next week at Hovland, because I'm assuming people are not using him. But, because I think this course actually fits out pretty well for them in their own regards. 
But I would assume whatever one I use this week, whatever one I don't use this week, I'm using next week. Because outside of that, I have hat. I have some hat left, which is surprising. Um, I have Homa left, but that's about it. I mean, that doesn't. Are you kidding? I mean, I've used some other bums along this year, so that won't stop me. Not for that, but you know what? I know you don't have all of your guys in the FedEx Cup playoffs. Play Lahiri. He's your guy. Like, he's had it. Oh, did you? Oh. 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 Darn. <laughs> um. Oh, I was trying to think of some, some of your guys down the list just to play. Like, eh, why not? Um, let's see. Have you used Chris Kirk? Um, I'm surprised you're not playing the other Brendan. Have you used your guy Hadwin yet? <laughs> or, okay, have you used, I'm assuming you've used Web. Okay. I mean, I think you might. I mean, this is probably the last chance. Unless you just want to go completely against your brand and just to spite and you just go to the vampire. No, okay, I guess one last thing. Again, we're recording this on Monday nights, and pretty late on Monday night, but I'm just seeing something that I missed this earlier. Apparently, the U.S. District Court of Northern California will hear the the complaint filed on behalf of the Live Tour members trying to get into the playoffs. So we should have an answer on Tuesday. Um, again, if if they're in, um, you know, I'm certainly not the big – I'm not a big Live guy. kind of don't like this whole idea, but – if there are golfers in a DFS field, uh, you know, you have to consider them, and there's some game theory that comes into play, especially when potentially the defending champion at this course is in is playing. I don't know if he's part of the lawsuit or not, but I would assume he's involved. I mean... I mean, Goose was good for me at the Open. Should have used DJ. But. Right. And there's certainly. I mean, right. It's just, you know, and there's, of course, 
you know, are they are they really battle tested? Does that matter? Do we overhype that? I don't know. So just something to if you're listening to this Tuesday morning, you know, kind of keep an eye on this. Obviously, if you're listening to this Tuesday night, you probably already know the result of this or something has come out. We obviously don't know when we're recording this. So just something to keep in mind. Well, it's because we've got a chance. I mean, it's it's good fields. We can try. We play some DraftKings. Maybe try to hit a bet. And um, it's been it's been a good it's been a good year. A lot of good stories and just kind of you know because we know come even even in fall swing comes like yes there's still golf but it's not the same because we're in football mode. That you know we're trying to enjoy these final few weeks before we uh, get into pretty big football mode. Yeah, same to you. <laughs>